This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 103, The Lake Marina Phantom. Lake Marina Campground is located about an hour east of San Diego, California. This unassuming, family-friendly campground has offered everything from rugged traditional campsites to comparatively luxurious cabins for nearly 80 years. But there is one amenity that remains unlisted in their brochures to this day. A higher-than-normal likelihood of a paranormal experience. Throughout the decades, campers have made alarming reports of camping trips interrupted by everything from phantom footsteps and unexplained screaming, to the full-body apparitions of menacing shadow men and wispy women in white. One guest even described the image of a baby's christening gown floating across their cabin living room in the middle of the night. Between the massive number of modern experiences and those that have become legend, it is more than clear why Lake Marina has become a fixture on haunted California top ten lists all over the internet. This is one such tale. Angela couldn't believe they were doing this. Instead of spending Memorial Day weekend relaxing by a poolside, they were camping. Her mind flashed back to a conversation with her husband Jamie, where he tried to convince her that the trip would actually be closer to glamping. There's a store, a shower, a ranger station... The town is just a short drive away. There's going to be so many families there, he said. It's more like a theme park than an actual campground. Angela agreed to it when her daughter Eleanor looked at her excitedly and begged if they could all go camping and fishing together. Angela knew that she hadn't always been so good at compromising and making sacrifices. Jamie had always loved the outdoors and spent most weekends trying to talk her into going hiking, fishing, or camping and she usually said no, even though he had managed to make Ellie love everything about nature. Now it was always two against one when it came to picking family activities. In her defense, every time she agreed to an outdoor activity, something seemed to go wrong. When she agreed to take an easy family hike, she fell and sprained her ankle. When she agreed to go fishing, she somehow stepped on some large, jagged fish hook and had to go to urgent care to get stitches. The last time they went camping and tried to make s'mores, she caught the edge of her shirt sleeve on fire and burned her wrist. It seemed to her like the universe was continually telling her not to go camping, maybe not to go outside at all. But after carefully looking at websites, Google reviews, and photos, 
Angela was the one who ended up booking a spot at Lake Marina Campground. And now here they were, and she was trying her best not to regret her decision. The place was packed with other families. Angela saw plenty of other moms like herself. If they could go camping for a weekend and seem to enjoy themselves, she could too. But still, she was not thrilled. Once they unloaded their things, Jamie and Ellie set up their tent together. Angela busied herself making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for all three of them. She knew she'd only be in the way if she tried to help with any actual gear. The trio ate lunch together for about an hour. Then Jamie decided to go to the office to rent a boat for the weekend. Angela and Ellie headed to one of the kids' trails for a short walk while he sorted all that out. Be very careful, Mommy, Ellie said, taking Angela's hand. You don't want to trip and fall. I can't believe my seven-year-old is holding onto my hand and guiding me on a walk. It should be the other way around, Angela grumbled internally. They made it to the end of the trail without any incident. Then they found Jamie, who announced that he had the boat secured, and they would spend the day fishing tomorrow. Ellie spent the late afternoon on the playground with a group of kids her age who had kindly invited her to play tag with them. While she played, Jamie used one of the campground's grills to make burgers for everyone for dinner. And then they ended the night by laying on the ground in their sleeping bags, stargazing until Ellie fell asleep. So far, so good. Better than good, actually. So far, it had been pretty wonderful. Angela marveled at the fact that she was actually enjoying herself. But that enjoyment quickly wore off when she woke up the next morning. She immediately missed her normal morning routine. Specifically, her espresso machine and oat milk. The drip coffee and creamer packets from the campground store just were not doing it for her. She also missed her bed and her shower and she could go on and on. Jamie and Ellie buzzed around with excitement while they packed up their fishing gear. Angela was nervous. She hadn't been on a boat since the fish hook incident. Fortunately, the morning passed uneventfully. Angela actually managed to catch a small rainbow trout, which she promptly released back into the lake, feeling a little bad for hooking the small creature and wondering if it would be okay as it swam away. After lunch, the three of them went on another walk on the kids' trails. That was when things started to take a turn for the worse. Mommy, do you see that man over there? Angela quickly turned her head and saw Ellie pointing somewhere off in the distance. Don't point, that's rude, she admonished her daughter, looking in the direction of her pointed finger. Ellie was pointing toward the woods, just off the trail. There's no one there. Ellie shrugged. I saw him walking through the woods. He was so tall. How could he be hiding? He stared at me and kept walking. He was weird. Angela was a bit concerned now. She asked her daughter for more details about what the man looked like. Ellie said that he wore a black suit. She and Jamie spent the rest of the walk scanning for a man in black clothing. It wasn't like Ellie to make something up like that but they never saw anyone who fit her description. Angela tried to push down her worried feelings. She figured he was probably just some solo hiker and that he had just as much right to be here as they did. Still, she didn't like how he'd vanished, so she continued to keep an eye out for anything unusual. 
The three of them spent the evening at a bonfire that one of Jamie's new friends invited them to. Angela loved how Jamie had the ability to make new friends wherever he went. It was another pretty perfect evening, or it would have been if Angela could just relax. She tried to join in the conversation, but her eyes were constantly scanning the edge of the woods, looking for something. A man, maybe. Why would he come back to see them? Her anxiety increased as it turned dark. It wasn't until after 10 p.m. that they finally returned to their tent for the night. A ball of worry had really settled into the pit of Angela's stomach by then, and she could not sleep. Ever since Ellie had mentioned the man, she couldn't shake the terrible feeling that something bad was going to happen. She just didn't know what. She slept easily the night before, but now all she could think about was the fact that there was nothing between them and the outside but a thin scrap of fabric. After what seemed like hours of worrying, Angela did finally fall asleep, but she wouldn't stay asleep for long. She jolted awake. Alerted by the distinct sense of wrongness, her eyes shifted down and then complete panic and adrenaline surged through her. Oh God, oh no, 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 no. Ellie wasn't in the tent. Before she went into full-blown panic mode, she quickly leaned over and swept her arms around the tent floor feeling for any child-sized lumps in the blankets. Nothing. Oh my God! Angela then saw the tent was partially unzipped. Just enough space for someone Ellie's size to fit through. She shook Jamie roughly. His eyes snapped open and she screamed, Ellie's gone! Jamie sat up, ramrod straight. Even though he had been in the deep sleep only seconds before, he was now instantly alert and ready. He grabbed two flashlights and passed one to Angela, saying, We'll split up to the left and the right. If we can't find her in five minutes, we run to the ranger station and tell them. Angela nodded, trying to control her panicked breathing, as they crawled out of the tent and split off in different directions. She needed to calm down. Panicking was not going to help them find her daughter. Tears were already welling up in her eyes and blurring her vision. She took a deep breath before calling out, Ellie! Ellie, are you here? No answer. Angela continued walking forward, trying to control the terror that was increasing every second. Every time she'd been scared or worried paled in comparison to this. This was by far the worst moment of her life. She called again, Ellie! She checked her watch. Three minutes. Just a little more time before she had to meet Jamie. They were going to have to go to the ranger station and report their daughter missing. She couldn't believe this was actually happening. Angela choked down a panicked sob. She fought thoughts of the man in black, the tall man. What was he doing to her daughter right now? Angela started back to the tent, tears now spilling from the corners of her eyes. All she could think about was the man Ellie had mentioned. All sorts of horrifying possibilities continued to run through her head. She did her best to stubbornly refuse to acknowledge them, but she couldn't. So many horrifying possibilities could now be all too real. She passed by the small beach and paused. There was a woman standing at the water's edge. Angela shook her head, not able to believe what she was seeing. The woman was white, almost transparent and floating a few inches off the ground. Was she hallucinating? 
Angela stared at the woman, too stunned to say anything. The woman stared back, a serene expression on her face. Oddly, Angela felt a sense of calm wash over her. Her heartbeat slowed. The panic subsided just for a moment, and she felt like maybe everything would be okay. But, but it wasn't okay. Ellie was still gone. Maybe the stress was causing her to hallucinate. Was she making up this vision in her head to force a sense of calm? Angela felt the urge to ask the woman, Have you seen my daughter? But she couldn't get the words out. The woman didn't speak. Instead, she turned her head, ever so slightly, to the right, where Angela had just come out of the woods, and stared. Angela had a feeling she was telling her something, but wasn't able to voice the words, and she checked her watch. She had one minute left. Acting on a gut feeling, she ran into the woods in the direction of the apparition's stare, calling Ellie's name. Ellie! Her panic was back and worse than ever. What if she found her? What if she wasn't alive? Tears continued to flow. She had to fight constant sobs as she continued to call for her daughter. Mommy? A quiet voice came from her left. Angela jumped, startled. She saw her daughter looking up at her safe and unharmed. The relief hit her like a ton of bricks. She fell to her knees, wrapped her arms around Ellie, and wept. When she was able to control her crying a few moments later, she asked, Are you okay? Are you hurt? Why did you leave the tent? Ellie just seemed confused and said in a small, frightened voice, I don't know. I went to sleep next to you and then woke up here. I was so scared. I thought I was lost and nobody would find me. Ellie now broke down into her own sobs. Angela scooped her daughter up and ran back to their tent calling for Jamie. She noticed that the white woman was gone, but didn't have time or energy to think about it in the moment. Jamie picked Ellie up and began crying himself when he saw that she was okay. Everyone was now in tears. Thankfully, tears of joy and relief. Angela noticed that a park ranger was standing by their tent, and a group of other people were nearby. Jamie's shouting had woken them all up, and in just a few minutes he had half the camp looking for Ellie. The park ranger had just happened to be walking through the area, and was about to call in a search party. She didn't make an official report, but she listened to Angela and Jamie when they explained what happened, and she told them, My son sleepwalks. He didn't start until he was a little older. I think that might have been what happened. Angela was relieved that there could be a rational explanation for Ellie's behavior. Or at least maybe a rational explanation. But what about the woman at the lake? Was there a rational explanation for her? Angela still wasn't sure if she was real, or some sort of hallucination brought on by her panicked and desperate state. Or maybe she was a ghost. She decided to tell Jamie about it later, once they got home. Right now, they continued questioning Ellie about what happened. Her daughter didn't remember anything until that moment, the moment that Angela had found her. She seemed upset that she had made her parents so worried. Angela decided that they would have to talk to the pediatrician about sleepwalking when they got back home. She asked Ellie about the man in black clothes, 
but she promised that she didn't see him or anyone else suspicious when she was outside. Jamie was now the one who decided their camping trip was over. He packed up their things, and they drove away from the campsite in the middle of the night. On their way out, they drove past the boat docking station. Ellie broke the silence, asking, Who's that? Angela looked over. She was there. Barely visible from such a distance, but still there nonetheless. Although she was far away, Angela felt like the woman was giving her a knowing stare. No one, sweetie. Just a trick of the light. Angela lied. She could tell from Jamie's face that he didn't believe her. I'll tell you later, she whispered. Jamie nodded and drove them out of the campsite. Angela felt relief start to sink in when they were passing the entrance. She was smiling, but then she looked back in the rearview mirror and saw the man in black. He was sitting in the back seat, his arm around her daughter. His face, no features, still had an expression, one of hate and malevolence. Angela screamed, causing Jamie to swerve and almost drive off the road. She spun around in her seat and saw her daughter looking terrified, but not because of the man. He was nowhere to be found. She was scared because of her mother's screaming and the erratic swerving. Jamie asked her what was wrong, but she didn't tell him, not with Ellie able to hear. She apologized and explained that she was just still upset from feeling so panicked earlier. She thought that she had seen someone behind the car, but it was only some shadows. She tried to play it off like she wasn't scared anymore, that she'd be better now. But would she? Would she ever be, now knowing that they might be bringing that thing home with them? And what might it do, without the woman by the lake around, to help them? Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Just when they thought things were fine. Right? The tall man in black was in the back seat. You like that turn? I do. I like the idea of I was waiting for it, actually. Were you? It was. Yeah. I figured something was going to happen where he was going to return. Either at the car, or, like, she was going to see him, whatever. They were friends. Yeah, duh. Just a just a creepy ass, faceless guy in black. So let's be real, this is Slenderman. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Is Slenderman faceless? Yeah. He is? Yeah. Okay. And tall. And described as wearing a black suit. Yeah. Yeah, this is Slenderman. You told a Slenderman story. But he's described as wearing a black knit cap. He was being classy that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being a little bit hipster. That's what we call classy Slenderman. Hipster Slenderman. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got his beanie on. Yeah, exactly. Not wearing a jacket. He just has his vest on and a bow tie. Black scarf. Or a scarf. I like bow ties yeah. better. Yeah. Well, he probably has the it's scarf. Like an outfit like, I'd actually wear. The scarf is wrapped around the back of his neck and it's tucked into each side of his vest. So you can still see the bow tie. Uh, but the scarf so really he's wearing like there. an ascot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> an, an untied ascot. Is he also wearing a cummerbund? Because that would just top <laughs> off the whole ensemble. <laughs> The Slenderman wedding party. <laughs> I like it. The forest weather party. Weather. The weather party. Yeah. Exactly. Is it going to rain sounds or like is it going to shine? Band. The weather party sounds like an indie band. It does. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, the weather party. 
coming at you with their 13th single, Man in a Blue Dress. Man in a Blue Dress. That's one of the best. It is. I've heard that song a time or two. Kind of derivative to the Synthes Fail song. <laughs> Lady in the Blue Dress. <laughs> That's where that comes from. Yeah. I don't know why it just randomly popped in my head. <laughs> I knew it. You were suddenly channeling Man your, in a black suit. There we go. You were suddenly channeling your 23-year-old self who gave a shit about Synthes Fail. I mean, shit, that wasn't even 23. That was... <laughs> that out like that let it unfold you came out when we were like 19 yeah that's true that's true because we were listening to a lot of that and like alisana's uh oh shit what was that album called? frail wings of, of Van- uh, on vanity frail wings wax. of vanity and wax yeah oh yeah. god that's such a good album yeah oh, lots man. of that lots of senses fail lots of atreyu yeah lots of suicide notes and butterfly kisses yep and then that and seosin and uh-huh. uh what was that one seosin album i little bit can't of, even think of it's right self-titled the oh, one the, yeah it was self-titled yeah yep yeah. yeah. and uh at the end got in some protest the hero their yeah. first album a lot Kazaya. of protests too that's true yeah. yeah yeah good lord that was a, those were our jams dude when that we was were... back in history of defeat days yes yes good time that's crazy yeah <laughs> anyhow i st- i still want to like find the i mean i have like the recordings but not the original recordings like I'd love to just remix the original recordings of it, even though it was like it sounded like shit. I could remix yeah. it and sound make make it sound a lot better. I just, or I we can't could just re-record f- them. I mean, I've thought about that a bunch of times. I know all the songs. Still, I could definitely make up new bass lines that are a hundred times better than I mean, the ones I played then. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not have Cody solos. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Oh boy, none of us were. None of us were solo guys. No, not at all. We were not solo writers. But we were listening to so much like Atreyu and shit like that that we're like, we gotta have a solo here. I mean... We're like, oh yeah, none of us know how to do that. No. We were were young, you know. It was was alright. You didn't need to do it. You didn't need to, like, know how to do that. Yeah. It didn't need to be good. Uh Uh-uh. We were still. I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, we had some some pretty solid structure. Yeah. Like, song structure back then. Yeah, it was. We had some good songs. I would, if I were producing the music now, I would cut out any attempt at solos. Yeah, it would be more straight, straight like post rock, mm-hmm. screamo. We'll call it screamo. There we go. That's what oh, it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Screamy, screamy, screamo. That was the first band I ever did vocals in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this just uh, took a turn. We're talking about Slenderman, yeah. and now we're reminiscing. Quite a digression. Quite quite you want to talk about lake morena in the end all things all things lead back to lake morena <laughs> that's right even uh early 2000s screamo bands yeah obviously they all go back there um so lake morena itself it doesn't seem like a scary spot like you look at pictures it's just like a gorgeous southern california campground right that's kind of like you know think of like lake uh lake tahoe and Right, but, I mean, a completely different landscape, right? Because okay. we're talking Southern California. It's like almost ah, yeah. sort of Jersey, deserty yeah. yep. in spots. Um, but it's in Campo, California. It's like right... Okay. The closest major city is San Diego. It's, so it's like Southern, Southern California. St. Diego. <laughs> a whale's vagina. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> this is like... In the classic California tradition, this campground, it literally is, and that's how I said it in the story, it's more like an amusement park than a campground. Like, okay. it has the, like, big pavilions and has, like, 
huge playgrounds and corporate meeting spaces and i mean of course you know what i mean that's where like everybody takes their retreats you know right exactly um but it's also at the mouth of the Pacific Crest Hiking Trail, which is apparently this like super famous hiking trail that's like 2,500 miles long. It goes like all the way up the West Coast. Um, so lots of spots along popular hiking trails also happen to be notoriously haunted. <laughs> of course <laughs> they are. Right. That's like a way that, that urban legend spreads, right? Is people, they walk from these from one point to the next and they tell stories about the place they just came from i mean yeah right and i mean you know you you camp at a place and you hear some sounds in the night i mean we heard the rustling of uncle fred's basement exactly (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah i mean you know you you hear like little things you pass it on and and that of course is going to go from site to site and you know especially i mean if this is like that long of a trail yeah then yeah of course news is going to spread like stories are going to spread yeah I mean, the this hiking trail is like people will graduate high school and they'll take a gap year, right? And they'll spend the whole year hiking this trail. Like it's it's a massive hiking trail. Same I mean, way people do crazy. with like people do that with the Appalachian Trail too. Like, I, which I think and listeners correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it goes from like South Carolina to Maine. It's like a massive fucking Isn't trail. that big. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's huge. Um, It'd be so cool to like. I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're obviously very outdoorsy and a good hiker, and you know, yeah, happy to set up camp anywhere, that would be Just such a cool a thing to there. do. Yeah, yeah. Especially like with like you and your best friend. Just spend a year out hiking together. I mean, yeah, uh, go yeah. as far as you can in a day, and then set up camp. Do the same thing very like the following day. Imagine yeah. by the end of that, how built you would be, right? Like you would it's have true. like can legs, like yeah, hiking six seven hours a day every single day <laughs> right. for a year. Yeah, yeah that would be quite the workout. Yeah, and occasionally you're close enough to a town to like hitch a ride into town and buy like maybe you'll have like subway. <laughs> right. Maybe you can skip a little bit if you go through town. Sure. I don't think that's um, cheating. I think the purists always insist on being dropped off right where they were picked up. I mean, of course, but. But yeah, you get like trips over to like into town to resupply and stuff like that. And then you pick up where you leave off. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a big part of where this all these legends come from. Is yeah. like Because there are a ton along this hiking trail of like haunted, supposedly. Haunted oh, I could, spots. I could, yeah, I could only imagine. I mean, you know, this is something uh, obviously, I mean, many people have been through through this whole, you know, maybe not the whole thing, but like different spots and areas throughout this trail yep. that there's a lot to a lot that can be brought home you know yeah and a when you start to this, be told when you go to like the start of this trail in like the spring you're not alone there are like a ton of people that are gonna make this that are gonna walk this trail you know what i mean so like you kind of group up with people sometimes you like find yourself sitting around the fire with like a couple from oregon See, and, that would be cool like, yeah, a guy from Mexico, and like you're all just you come together at night around a fire, and people tell stories. You know, of that's, course, that's what we do. Yeah, telling tales around the fire. Yeah, we're around the fire right yeah. now. That's right. Can't you hear that crackle and pop? Crackle, crackle. Um, so to get into details, right? Aside from the the urban legend building around this, um, according to a recently retired guy who managed 
this place. He, I think he retired in like 2014 or 2015. He ended up doing an interview um, where he said that at least once a week, a family would leave in the middle of the night because they saw or experienced something paranormal. It's that frequent. Yeah. Really? And he okay. he managed this place for like 20 years. Yeah. He said at least once a week. Or those are the people that just really can't take traditional camping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some of that. There's right? going to be a lot of that, you know, where they're like, oh, we got spooked. Right. Or which yeah. they don't like being out and, you know, I mean, camping in a tent or whatever else. Like, right. But people would report. They would tell him these story. He started writing them down after a while like keeping track of what people would tell him happened out there. The most common was campers would hear like loud footsteps outside their tents and then they would come out of the tent and there's nothing there. Or they would, in more extreme circumstances, they would literally see like shadows cast on, on their tent. Yeah. And like multiple, the sound of multiple people stomping around and they'd see their shadows on their tents and like, and then they'd unzip the tent and stick their head out, and no, no one's there. I mean, yeah, I'd be, I'd, I think that'd be enough to freak out most people. Yeah, yeah, that would spook me for sure. Mm-hmm. There's also a massive Reddit thread that details experiences that people have had on on this campground. Nice, like, that's awesome. One of the biggest ones I've found in a while. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was huge. Um, but the big, so that's like. That's what I mean. Like there are legends, and but there are also a shitload of modern accounts. Yeah, of things still going. I mean on that there, that helps. You know? Like that obviously helps to add like the authenticity of this, or you know, yeah. I mean, make it more impactful, right? Like if yep. this is all like past, like oh yeah, you know, I heard this or that back in the day, but yep. nobody's like talking. I mean, obviously, you know, as an urban legend or campfire tale or whatever at this point, but no, I mean, if there's still like reports to this day, yeah. And there That's is. pretty solid. I, it always bums me out when I research a haunting, and it's so cool and so eventful, and all this crazy shit happens, and then so many of them end with like, and no one has reported any activity since 1973. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck? The last 30 years, such and such has lived there peacefully. 50 years, bud. I'm just, I'm just throwing up a number, all right? <laughs> I, I know. I'm just like 73 was 50 years ago that is crazy actually that wow <laughs> yeah i'm feeling old i'm pushing 50 all right aren't we all yeah <laughs> <laughs> nearing retirement to be fair we are we are all pushing 50 because you can't go back that's true never mm-hmm. <laughs> well what is time um so the story about this place kind of broke open in 1983 there was an article in the San Francisco Union Cron- or the San Francisco Union is what the paper is called. In '83, the title of it was "More Than Fish Haunt Lake Marina." I'm not sure how that makes any sense, but it's like they, it got by how they say there's more than more than corn in Indiana. Yeah, which is a bald faced lie. <laughs> <laughs> We're all corn here. I mean, yeah, I'm corn. You're corn. Um, yep. So, um, in the article. Former park volunteer Walter Stucker reported that he was woken up by a tall man standing outside his RV window. So he described the guy as wearing like a very nice dark coat, like a pea coat, hmm. right? He was wearing a black knit cap. Slenderman? Um, and he said, but his version wasn't faceless because he said they stared at each other through the window for about 30 seconds. And then 
Like, he couldn't explain why he didn't say anything or move. He just walked over to the window, and they kind of locked eyes for, like, 30 seconds. He's saying he was and stuck? Then, I don't know. But he he couldn't explain his inaction. With he the just last stood name there. Was Stucker, I was just curious. Yeah. Ah, I see what you did there. Um, then the guy, the thing, whatever it was, turned and walked toward the lake, right? And then he says, quote, It wasn't a full moon, but it was bright enough to see clearly. The man was taking very deliberate steps, but it seemed to me like his feet weren't touching the ground. Hmm. They appeared to be six or seven inches above the surface. Before he made it to the dock, he just faded into nothing. Nice. Do you think he was trying to, like, tell him, hey, buddy, join me for a swim? Or a the sw- night's still oh, young. Swim. <laughs> yeah, the night's still young. He was definitely getting hit on in this. You could tell by the extended <laughs> The eye extended contact. glare, yes. Yep. That was a longing glare. That wasn't a glare of, you know, anything yeah. else. Look, there's a whole corner of the internet I <laughs> dedicated to um Slender Man throwing bedroom eyes at people. I <laughs> <laughs> mm. promise. I like Ugh. it. I'm gonna do that on Patreon one day for a for a joke. I'm just gonna read fucking Some I'm gonna Slender Man smut. Yes. I'm just gonna read like a half hour of it. Do it, man. I'm I'm into it. I will be okay. here for it. Slenderman fan fiction smut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a terrible amount of it. I I like, mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's it's like think about what he can do with those very very long fingers. <laughs> no, I refuse to think about it. Hmm? I won't do it. Just humor me for a moment. You can't make me. Just humor me for a moment. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Go ahead. Just think about it. Okay. Thought about it, right? Yeah, now my whole night is ruined. Now you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> a little frisky, if you will. I ain't never been so frisky in my life. That's all right. Okay. Also in the article. Yeah. A, a ranger from the park named Tracy Walker. He reported that while working in a back office at the station, he heard footsteps outside. Um... There's a part of this that confuses me, so maybe you can help me make sense of it, okay? Okay, I'll try. I will try. So, he hears footsteps outside, and he stops working to go check it out, right? And he says, quote, Before I could do that, the steps accelerated, came around the side door, maybe 12 feet away, and they stopped right there. Now, here's the part that confuses me. There's a wooden lintel that extends under the door, inside and outside. It creaked and moved up and down, and the doorknob turned once. What the fuck is a Say wooden lintel? Say that again? Lint- what is a- okay, there's so there's a wooden, a wooden lintel at the bottom of the door? Yeah, that extends under the door, inside and outside. Okay. It creaked and moved up and down, and the doorknob turned once. Maybe like that was, at that point, like uh, a way to let people know that somebody was at the door? Yeah. Like, That's weird, right? Yeah. I mean, think of like lentil, I'm thinking of, I don't know, my mind wants to go to like a spoon. <laughs> that's a ladle that is a, right yeah but i'm thinking yeah. of like a i think a lentil is something it like rocks back and almost like a seesaw like but not not that extreme huh. right. i'm i don't know like i wonder if it if it's rocking back and forth just but you said the not the the doorknob only turned once yeah i could understand if they're like shaking it and this thing is like rocking back and forth like maybe it's like attached to it yeah. or something i don't know i have no idea it, it would probably help if we knew what the fuck a lentil was. <laughs> know what I mean? I mean, probably. So there is lentil uh, 
an edible legume. Oh, yeah. Okay, a wooden lintel is a beam placed across openings like doors and windows in buildings to support the load from the structure above. So, it, okay, so it's like the baseboard under the door. Right. That makes more sense now, especially that I'm looking at a picture. Yeah. Okay. So he says that 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 baseboard, it, the, basically the board that makes up the threshold was, of the door. Right. Was kind of swaying back yeah. and forth. Right. It creaked and it moved up and down like someone was standing on it. Like, on the outside of the door. Huh. Okay, I got it. And then the door turned once. So he calls his wife in from the other room. He was thinking he's crazy. So there's basically somebody out there is what they're trying to get at. Right. Um, But he calls his wife in. He's like, I think I'm going crazy. Like, and he explains. And as he's explaining, it happens again. They hear footsteps race across the front, the side of the house, and back to the front. And then the lintel moves again. The door starts jiggling. And... Then it stops. You know it's what, gone. You know they, what I think it is? What? I think we have a case of the Kentucky Goblins, the Hopkinsville Goblins. You think so? Like the pitter-patter running across? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be something small. Like, they're not saying, like, the thump and thud of it. It's like... I don't know. He just says he heard steps. Huh. All right. He heard footsteps run back and forth. Um, Aliens. But then he, it all stops, and they stand there. They're freaking out a little bit. They stand there, and they... Eventually, they open the door, and no one's there. Obviously. Obviously, this could have been kids fucking with the... I mean, yeah, it could have been. With the park ranger, right? I mean, that's basically... They, playing, especially like, they stand there kind of... stuff, right? Yeah. They stand there kind of dumbfounded for, like, two minutes before they open the door, and see, that gives them plenty of time to run off into the woods, you know I mean, I mean? Or they could be hiding in the bushes. They could be hiding around the corner. They could yeah. be, you know... Yep. Just snickering about right. the, the dumb old park ranger, right? Okay, and the other, um, there's one other thing that is described, one other, one other encounter that's described in the same article. The um, Okay. And I alluded to it a little bit in the intro in the story, but the, the park dam keeper, so this is the guy who, um, there's several po- points of the rivers, of the river that runs through the park. Um, basically, Lake Marina is created by a dam. Okay. Right? They well, dammed up part of the river to create the lake. And he's the the dude who monitored the dam. Um, but at one point he had... He's the damn man, if you will. That's right. He's the damn man. Um, at one point he has a relative come stay with him at his place on the lake. Or on the, on the campgrounds. The guest reported that in the middle of the night she woke up and she sees a white baby's christening gown. See that? Yeah, I, I remember that part from talking, like the the part in the story, the intro, the, intro the story. Yeah, yeah. And I was she says bring that, that it up. floats. She says that it floats across the floor toward her. The dress brushed against her cheek, and then vanished into thin air. Okay, which that's like certified high strangeness. Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. That's yeah, that's fucking. Do weird. you think maybe she was dreaming? You know, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's fairly likely <laughs> that this was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> but if not, then yeah, that's 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 creepy. Yeah, I mean, super creepy. Yeah, at the very least, that's a creepy ass dream to have. I mean, that would that would be a creepy <laughs> dream to have too. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, super weird. So, but the baby wasn't there. It was just, just it's just the gown, <laughs> just an and empty those are gown. like the really long ones that they hold him in, and right, yeah, yeah, yep. It like goes down past the baby's legs. Yeah, yeah. So taller than a baby. And floating. happens to br- brush across yeah. her cheek. 
Right, it like saunters over and caresses her on the cheek. Is this thing like dancing in the moonlight? I don't know. It's that's kind of how I picture it. That it's like the dress is like swaying back and forth right. as it moves toward her. <laughs> uh, that's how I hope it was. That's pretty creepy. I mean, yeah, that is really creepy. Actually, I I couldn't uh, I couldn't imagine that to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty fucking weird. Um, but I liked. I wanted to include that one because it was one example of like legit high strangeness that has gone on here, rather than just haunting and yeah, you know all that. Um, obviously there have been Bigfoot sightings in this I mean, area. I would assume, yeah. Like, uh, we're not dealing area. with the Pacific Northwest, though. No, this is Southern, Southern California. This is like, I mean, it's a few, it's a few miles. It's like 50, 60 miles from San Diego, which is on the border of Mexico. I was going to say, these so, are Mexican Bigfeet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Or at least Southwest Bigfeet. Yeah. Foots, Bigfoots, Southwest Bigfoots. <laughs> like big feet uh bigfoot's big feet yeah tomato tomato potato potato uh, so that's been sort of blamed on the like stomping that people hear outside their tents sometimes i think it's a bigfoot yeah okay um but if it is a bigfoot in that situation then it's our favorite kind of bigfoot that just vanishes out of nowhere i mean yeah those are the best because they they unzip that tent and it's gone Mm-hmm. Gone. Stepped yep. between worlds. That's right. Slipped back into its Bigfoot portal. When two worlds. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to continue. <laughs> You're really just going to leave me on that cliffhanger? Yeah. When two worlds what? We'll get to it the next episode. <laughs> Make sure and come back next week to see what the two worlds do <laughs> on this week's on this week's edition of Find the Verb. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay, so other than the Bigfoot... There's, of course, the man in black, not in the UFO sense, in the Slender Man sense. He's often described as floating above the ground. His face is always in shadow, at least, if not seen being featureless. I mean, yeah, a lot of of the reports of Slender Man is is faceless. Right, but that's because he wears the big-ass, large-brimmed hat, right? Right, And that usually casts the shadow on his face. Yeah, but even like the original, like the original, uh, when they did the Photoshop back in, what was it, 2007, I want to say, yeah, is when the like first, that. like they first brought Slender Man into whatever. Um, like it was, uh, he was always faceless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they describe him as always wearing nice clothes, either like a black peacoat or a black suit, a black knit cap, whatever it is. He's always dressed in black and it's always like well-dressed he's described but, as like out of place because of how well-dressed he is but he's you know wearing I mean? a beanie yes like a folded you know black knit cap yeah yeah i like which it. is very hipster yeah it is yeah it's it's a hipster slender man this is a whole all new dapper and, yeah dapper with his with his cap he's looking like looking like he's about to what the fuck is that he looks like the kind of guy who would order like an oat milk chai tea <laughs> fucking bullshit nonsense. Yeah. I mean, if you drink that, awesome. I'm glad you like it. I mean, I like oat milk, <laughs> so yeah. I've uh, I've honestly never tasted oat milk, oh, really? so yeah, never Tastes tried like it. Tastes like liquid oatmeal. Gross. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> <laughs> fucking gross. Also, how's that milk? I, it oh, it is. It's actually very I'm gonna, creamy. I'm going to go into like a boomer rant about how you can't actually get milk out of almonds. Oh, yes, you um, can, though. No, that's juice. It's not milk. If it doesn't but come it, out of a tit, it's not milk. <sighs> tomato, tomato. 
<laughs> potato, okay. potato. Okay, so I saved the the creepiest entity that's associated with this place for last. Well, heck yeah. Okay. You ready? I I was born ready. Now, Did you not know this that? Entity, this entity is the result of mediumship. Okay. So one of the many paranormal groups who have done investigations here, they brought a medium along with them, as they often do. And the medium sort of built this out of... There were... There were reports similar to it. She kind of fleshed it out like they do, right? Yeah. So we have this entity. Her name is Millie. Millie. Millie Vanilli? Yeah. Nice. Millie Vanilli. I wonder if that's Red what her friends call her. Lip syncing, all that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a nice uh, 45-year-old reference for you youngins. Um, so Millie. This like this one has definitely become an urban legend. It's, I think it's been, like, built up, right? It's a young girl, and according to the medium, this, this whole backstory comes from the medium. She was in life tortured and eventually killed by her mother, by her own mother, okay? She has pale skin, light blonde hair, and she wears a bloody apron. Like, old school baking apron. I was gonna say, like, she was baking cookies that day. Not like a leather face apron, like a cookie, yeah. Right, like yeah. Like a baking like apron. Like, mom didn't yeah. like the cookies, she had a little bit too much salt and yeah. offed her. Exactly. Um, That's mean. But here's the, here's the gnarly part. The child's mouth is slashed ear to ear. Okay? So she's and forever smiling. Yeah, and according to the medium, this was the punishment that she endured because of the only time she ever screamed out in pain while being beaten. Damn. Which is a fucking intense story. Yeah. Right? Imagine if you're a medium and you're actually getting that. Like how intense I that mean, would yeah, be. That would, they, the, the, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking intense. I mean, obviously that's atrocious. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But like. Yeah, that's terrible. And lots of people have reported ever since this. Ever since the medium showed up, that like that's what people are seeing now. Now they're seeing that little girl. I mean, they there were reports of little blonde, pale blonde girls before, and she kind of built it up. And Dude. now people Ugh. are independently reporting seeing like the slashed mouth and the blood all over her apron. And so already ghost children. Yeah. Now imagine this mangled, mouthed, small ghost child. Yeah. Freak that. I'd be out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done at that point. <laughs> I I I'd like what what do you do? What do you do at that point? Do you do you run? Can you run? Right. Are that's you a, are you there left question. to just endure it and like I mean because you don't know. You don't know how your body's going to respond. Are you going to be in shock like, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. that's that's what I wonder. I mean, especially seeing something like that, like how how you would react. Like obviously, yeah. I mean, it's like that fight or flight thing. It's gonna you or know, freeze, right? Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Fight, flight, or freeze. But I think like I could see freezing up and being just like trying to rationalize it first of all. Yeah, and then of course, then that flight takes over. Maybe. Yeah. But I, by that by that point, it might be too late. You know what? Um, what police detectives call that that moment when you freeze? They call it a goofy loop. So, like, you're not just, when you freeze, you're not just going, your brain's not just going, uh, waiting for action. Like, usually you get caught in this, like, in repeating the same thought in your mind over and over again. Yeah. Like, and you're, like, caught in this loop 
of that doesn't even particularly make sense. You know, like if you see this girl coming toward you, you might you might stand there frozen thinking like her left shoe's untied over and over again. You know what I mean? Like you just pick like a random detail and your brain gets You're stuck on fixated it. And you on freeze. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I yeah. always thought that was super interesting. Um, People do it in like when they're getting like attacked. Right. A lot. Yeah. I think that's your your body's way of just trying to make sense of what's going on, right? So like yeah. before you can process it, your body's trying to process it. Like before you can mentally yeah. process it, rather. Yeah. I think your your brain gets stuck on on one thing you can make sense of. Right. Exactly. You know, like you can process that her left shoe is untied. You know what I mean? Mm. So you like focus on that makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. The and yeah, and you get stuck on it because maybe nothing else that's happening does make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Even in like normal, you know, you're walking down the street and someone mugs you. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to make sense of like this is happening to me. You know yeah, what I mean? True. Like true. If you've never been mugged before, that's like it's fucking intense. It's scary as shit. It, yeah. I can imagine. I got mugged once when I was broke, which is a very awkward conversation. I ain't got nothing, bud. Prove it. Yeah. Like, hey, if you get something off somebody else, let me know. Maybe we <laughs> can go half some season. Help? Right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's, it's that's it's ridiculous. scary though. Um, me and a high school girlfriend. Um I don't yeah. Cheyenne. Me and Cheyenne ah. got got mugged when we were walking in broad ripple we were like see i could see her like, just like immediately start throwing fists yeah she just screamed at them over and over again until they went away <laughs> like it did take her a minute though yeah she yeah. like she froze up a little bit too like even she was surprised because wow. her dad kind of owned that town yeah you know at the time i don't think many people fucked with her like they knew who her dad was and who she was. Right. And, but yeah, we were walking by rainbow bridge and broad ripple. That bridge. Yeah. Yep. It's always surrounded by like homeless crust. Yeah. Punks and yeah. Always smells really bad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's weird because most of Indianapolis is a beautiful city. I mean, yeah. You know so what I mean? Broad ripple like, though. Broad ripple is also really is. pretty. Yeah. It's a very cool little like hip sort of like, it's like a little corner of Indianapolis. It's just filled with like vintage shops and like cool little restaurants and cafes. And, but like there are parts of it where you literally feel like you're walking through Gotham city, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. fucking homeless punks standing around fires and trash cans. And like, yeah, it's especially get once you get like over the bridge or in the alleys and stuff. Yep. Yeah, those yep. alleys can be pretty gnarly. Yep. You gotta like, don't wear flip flops <laughs> if you're walking around there. <laughs> say don't wear flip flops around there at all. Yeah, because there's like a legitimate chance you'll get a fucking used heroin needle in your foot. Like there yeah. are some rough, there are some rough spots. I mean, yeah, but it's also like such a popular, always, always so busy area. Oh yeah, yep. Like uh, until like. Until the bars start closing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then sure. that's when it gets creepy, really, is when, when the bars are all closed. Last time I then hung the out there, are, I went to a piano bar. Nice. <laughs> felt, I felt very, uh, I mean, it felt, felt very different. 
Not, Were you wearing a knit cap? Um, <laughs> you fucking hipster. I might have been that night, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that tracks. But it was like, you know, I mean, it was like out of the ordinary from something I normally did down there. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds fun as hell. I'd go to a piano it was cool. bar. It was cool. And I hate bars. <laughs> I like dueling pianos and stuff. Yeah, that sounds cool. I remember going to the Martini Bar in the Village in Muncie. The Martini Bar? The one that bar. was above. Yeah, there, was, there used to be one above the White Rabbit bookstore. Hmm. You don't remember that? Uh-uh. Yeah, it was like right beside the Empty Cup. I mean, you yeah, know, I, you know I, where I know the White Rabbit that's, is. I, think, I don't even think yeah. that's a... I could be wrong, but I don't even think that bookstore is there anymore. Might be. Yeah. Well, the know. upstairs used to be a martini bar. Nice. And they they would have like lounge singers and all that stuff. Yeah. It was a super cool spot. Yeah. Cool. We would always be the only person in there under like 45 years old. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss going to shows like above the cup because they'd always oh, yeah. have like folk shows and stuff up there. And yeah. Same, they used to so have great hot. shows at. They used to have great shows at Village Green too, right yeah. around the corner from there. But that's not even. It's not even Village Green anymore. I know. I know. None he, uh, he moved to Florida or something. I think. I think Florida. I'm pretty sure it was Florida. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, it's under new ownership now. Yeah, he opened up. Uh, he opened up the Village Green where he moved. Yeah. And just started over down there, and he he moved during the pandemic. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, he, it was just, it was, it's been, I think it's just been within, like, the last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they had, like, a farewell show or something, didn't they? Or maybe it was a sale. They were just they, really I mean, they pushing had, they on had social a, media. Yeah, they had a massive sale. But I remember yeah. when he announced uh, the new, the person taking over, those, and she was, like, turning into something else. But, yeah. I mean, still, still a record store. Like, you know. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Still in the same spot. Uh Ah, college town, the only place where record stores actually survive. Right. I mean, it's thrived. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's the village green was like a, it's like a temple for that, for the college for ball states community. Mm -hmm. It's, it became one of those businesses that, that people really cared about. Yeah. Also, we had friends that like lived in there. Like the dude would let them crash there say, for months yeah, at a time while they're between people, apartments. And, but a few people that did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, he was just, I think that's why the the business was so embraced by the community is because he really made it clear that he cared about his customers. And I mean, that makes a difference. The community without a doubt. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was huge. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So I mean, so we have the we have the smiley ghost girl. Yeah. With a bloody apron. Like that sounds yeah. like the setting for a horror movie. For sure. It does. That's why I'm saying like I think it's been like built upon, you know. Yeah. Like I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. Oh, I mean, we're we're very familiar with co-creation and the the tulpa concept and all that and like if you've heard the story and then you see a creepy, whatever, a short, blonde, pale thing. Your mind might fill in the in the blanks I, with I what you know. I think our fear has a lot of has is our fear has a lot of control over that, manipulating yeah. the way that we perceive things. I agree. Yeah, and so That's I think huge. I think a lot of that comes from that, right? And like, I mean, 
yeah just you know and yeah. without getting into like further further into that discussion i think that that's what creates a lot of this i think so too i think just like just like your body's reaction to sudden trauma you know the that goofy loop where you're just searching for something you can make sense of yeah i think you fill in the blanks so that you can make sense of what you're seeing mm-hmm. and if you just spent you know all night hearing stories of this little girl with the slashed mouth and the blood on her apron and all that and then you happen to come across something that's vaguely similar to that your that's brain probably what may you're just fill in the gaps mm-hmm. yeah makes yeah, sense it's, i mean it's it's really cool like it's a, it is it's it's a very cool like idea and you know i think it's a. Uh, yeah, it, I, but I think that's what's that's what's responsible for a lot of a lot of the things that we do see and the way that we see them. Would it be too gnarly to do a Millie T-shirt? No, you don't think so? No way. To have like a little girl in like blonde pigtails and an apron with her mouth slashed Dude, open. That sounds incredible. Somebody please make this design <laughs> for us. We Seriously, will, we will give you so much credit. Don't you worry. <laughs> Just make it as gnarly it as possible. Yeah. Dude, that sounds awesome. That's, I'm into it. We need it now. I mean, that would be our first like legit right. horror. We shirt. need it though. Like we right? we need yeah. we need yeah. more horror. I'm yeah, I'm into it. I man, that'd be intense. Maybe holding like a little teddy bear or something. Yeah, see, I'm like what I'm picturing is do you remember the out al- the album art for and this is this might be this reference might not land. If it's what I do you remember? think it is. Go ahead. Do you rem- probably not, but maybe. Do you remember the Corn album? That's exactly Follow what I was leader. thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. The little blonde girl yeah. holding the teddy bear. That's yeah, that was and, that was my immediate yep. thought. Right. Awesome. I'm so glad that landed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, I'm sort of thinking that kind of art style even Agreed. would Agreed. be awesome for It'd be yeah. so cool. I I'm into it. Now, if we yeah, can just somebody, find somebody, somebody make it willing to do it, that'd be that'd be yeah. super cool. I know we have some incredible artists who listen to this show. So, anybody feeling inspired, you just cook that right up and send it over. <laughs> Please <laughs> keep in mind we are broke. So. That's true. Uh, we are, but anyhow, yeah. No, I I love that idea. I think that would be really that'd be really neat. Yeah. So I can I can get behind it. Also, I was I just had a comment, and this is this this has nothing really to do with the story except it was it is about the story. I thought okay. you mentioned at the beginning, like he talked her, like you know, one of the ways that like he was using to like talk her into this is they that she was going to get to have like a glamping experience. Yeah, and then they sleep in a tent. And they sleep in a tent. Yeah, right. But I think. Okay, so the idea was like the campground is nice. You're not just going to be out in the middle of nowhere. Like they're they have all these amenities. Okay, but it is tent all the camping, amenities we can imagine. Right? We all know the difference between tent camping at like a campground and tent camping in the woods. In the forest, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? for sure. Yeah, there's a huge difference. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, I was going for some for. reason that stuck with me. And then you start talking about the tent, and I'm just like, wait. Yeah, because I do actual glamping. When we go to a state park, we sleep. We stay in a cabin. I don't do a fucking tents. I don't sleep in a tent. I mean, I've, ever. yeah, I mean, I've, well, I've, I've slept in, of course, 
yeah and a tent for like a week at a time and stuff and yeah that's all fine yeah i don't mind but i gr- i mean i grew up sleeping in tents and on riverbanks and shit and i'm d- i'm done with that i haven't done it in so <laughs> I, long though i think it'd be fun i put my time in nah that's fair i i i'm too old for that oh i'm, that I'm even sleeping on an air mattress i've been looking at like tent. travel trailers and stuff it's one thing i want so bad it's a small little one yeah you know with a nice bed in it like i really want one that has a shower toilet you know like combo yeah um something like that would be excellent but just something you know that you can pull behind sleeping if you need to and you're good yeah they're so expensive though it's stupid dude cabins are ridiculously cheap in state parks in indiana at least well what if like i'm not it's like you know around a cabin or a state park or if i'm just, I'm just like, saying like i don't even know why people rent hotel rooms yeah just go to the nearest state park and rent a fucking cabin. Mm. Like, and Indiana maybe, is packed with state parks. I was going to say, but maybe where they're at, there's not a state park that's, like, as right. close. I under- Yeah, I understand if you have business in, like, downtown Indianapolis, you're not going to go an hour outside the city to stay and rent a cabin. No. But, like, if you're looking for, because a lot of people, especially around here, they they take the family on vacation, right? And there's an attraction that they want to go to, whether it's, like an amusement park or like the caves down South or something like that. And they'll rent a fucking hotel room for like 200 bucks a night. I mean, yeah, instead of that, you can literally just go to the nearest state park and rent a cabin and then, and for much cheaper. And also you're somewhere that doesn't suck. I mean, there's been many a time I've been like traveling on a road trip and I'll pull over at like a rest stop and sleep in my car. Right. You know, which that's that's I just mean, like, I like the idea of even the accommodations are a destination. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're done doing your activities for the day. You go back to the cabin and you're still having a great you're still sitting on like a back porch looking out over a lake. Yeah. And fucking, you know, so much better than just going back to a stuffy hotel room. Yeah. What are you going to do? Swim in a pool? Who gives a fuck? You know, maybe that's what you want. Go stay at a park. (laughs) <laughs> support your support your local state park yeah all right well we need to keep them running you heard it here ladies and gentlemen and everybody keep them running. that's right you don't have to you don't have to sleep on the dirt to support fucking state and national parks some people they like beautiful the, like sleeping in tents you know that's true and if you do that's awesome i know we have several friends especially people who are into like you know squatching yeah they're out there looking for bigfoot True. Those dudes will fucking rough it, and I have more power to them. It's awesome, but I I couldn't do that in a million years. I'm not ever gonna find Bigfoot unless he like shows up at a coffee shop. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So the most you'll get me is like a nice three hour like medium difficulty hike at a state park. There you go. I mean that's that's, that's still that's pretty good. Yep. That's pretty good. That's where I that's where I call it. So I do want to throw a quick shout out to uh Days of the Dead convention that's coming uh to Indianapolis on June twenty third through the twenty fifth. Um Ooh. it is awesome. There's uh a lot of guests that are gonna be there, a lot of uh pretty much the whole cast of Terrifier and Terrifier two is gonna be there. A lot of Fuck big yes. names, uh like a lot of original uh cast from Friday the thirteenth. Um yeah. Kane Hodder is gonna be there, which is awesome. Okay. Uh, as some of the original cast from the original Night of the Living Dead, it's the 55th oh, anniversary, which what? that would be absolutely, it's my all-time favorite horror or zombie yeah. movie of all time. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's just to name a few, and they, the list goes on and on and on. 
daysofthedead.com um if you're in indianapolis forward slash indianapolis uh there are other uh other dates throughout the country i know houston's in september uh there's a couple more that started out um as a local convention that's now becoming nationwide so that's check it awesome. out daysofthedead.com uh do yourself a favor absolutely incredible all right and that concludes episode 103 the lake morena phantom Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And trust in the unknown.